Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of automation. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today our topic is robot merchants. <laughs> also known as vending machines. Yeah, I guess that's a more popular term. And the reason we're doing an episode on vending machines is because they're super popular in Japan. They're everywhere, man. They've become an important part of Japanese culture. And if you're traveling in Japan, they are immensely useful, mm -hmm. especially if you want to stay hydrated. If you're going to be walking around all day, keep drinking liquids. Yep. They can be useful for other things too, as we will see. Yes. But uh, man, they seriously are everywhere. So how many? Well, no, how many are we no, talking about? I'm not ready. I'm not ready to give numbers yet. I want to talk about the places that they are. So where are they? There's a vending machine on the top of Mount Fuji, Paul. There's That's probably awesome. a vending machine on the top of most mountains that you can climb in Japan. <laughs> there are vending machines in the middle of nowhere, like really rural Japan, you know, farmland. You'll just find a vending machine. On yeah, it's right of off the, the side of the road. Well, yeah. there's, there's a vending machine. I'll stop and, get a, stop and get a soda real quick. Yeah. And I'm super jealous. I wish we had more vending machines in the U.S., but it would never work. It would just never, never happen. Now, why do you say that? Because they would be destroyed. <laughs> and I know this for a fact, because in the U.S., if you see vending machines, they're almost always indoors. I think I read that right around half of all vending machines in the U.S. are inside, like, office buildings. That's interesting. But the ones that you do see outside, I mean, they're rare to see outside. And if you do see them, they're probably in this big metal cage, so people don't mess with them. Yeah, like out on the golf course, there'll be vending machines in a cage. There's a yeah. little hole you can put your money in, and then another little hole that you can grab your uh, drink out of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the rest is just behind reinforced steel. Yeah. Okay, I guess we can get to numbers now. You ready? You ready for some numbers? Yeah, okay. I got some numbers. There are 5.5 million vending machines in japan yeah that's one for every 23 people that seems so high yeah but then you go to japan and you see all the vending machines and you believe it yeah they really are everywhere just a few more stats here <clears throat> there are 37 per square mile in japan <laughs> oh wow and so you said 5.5 million total yeah and remember japan is only about the size of california but the entire country of the United States has 4.6 million. Wow. Japan has more vending machines than the entire U.S. That's impressive. Yeah. They also have the highest density of vending machines of any country in the world. Oh, I totally believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you won't just see a vending machine. Like if you're in a big city in Japan, there'll be like 10 of them in a row. Exactly. All selling drinks. And they're all selling different things, which is so cool. Like in the U.S., you mostly only see vending machines selling soda pop and snacks, chips and whatever, yeah, candy bars. Maybe coffee every once in a while or something. Yeah, they have such variety. And we'll get into that a little later. But, yeah. Um, let's see. Did I have another stat? Oh, so it's a $60 billion industry. Which that's, is, that's significant. Yeah. So $60 billion versus what do you, how big do you think the U.S.? vending machine industry is uh based just on numbers i'd say like 50 billion 7.7 7 billion wow is the number i found for the u.s 
So per machine, they're doing way more business in Japan. Yeah. And they have more machines. Yeah. So why? Why is this? Why are vending machines so huge in Japan? There are a lot of reasons. Yeah. Convenience is a big reason. Mm -hmm. Japan's pretty densely populated, so you can put up a lot of machines in cities and get a lot of foot traffic by them. Yeah. So high population density. 93% of people in Japan live in cities, which means that real estate in cities is pretty expensive. So vendors want to maximize the amount of money they can make with a limited amount of space. And vending machines is a pretty great way to do that. You know, if you don't even need to pay a person to stand there and sell things, you got a, a robot to do it for you. you make yeah. a lot of money pretty easily. Right. You can find all these nooks and crannies that there's nothing else you could really build there or do with the land. Mm-hmm. And you can just throw a vending machine on it yep. and make money. Yeah. And convenience. You know, there are a lot of things in Japanese culture where you'll find ways to buy things without interacting with anyone. Yeah, I think that is part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to bother with anything. I can just do a, do a transaction with a computer and be on my way. Yeah, I mean, when you're around people that often, like, there are just people everywhere. If you're living in Tokyo, like, you never have time to yourself. So I could see why people could be reticent to, like, go talk to a person if they just want to get a drink. Like, it's so much easier to just go stick some coins into a machine. Yeah, it could be some social burnout. Yeah. Um, it's also convenient because people carry coins in Japan a lot more than they do in the U.S. Right. There's up to 500 yen coins, mm-hmm. which That's, is yeah. about five U.S. dollars or so. Right. So you don't need to worry about, do I have the cash for this? Like, pretty much everybody yeah. has the money it's on like, them I to don't buy need something. eight quarters on me to go buy a soda from a vending machine. Like, I, I have a 100 yen coin or a 500 yen coin. Makes, mm-hmm. it, makes it easier. Yeah. So another reason that vending machines just make sense in Japan is that labor is really expensive these days. You might have heard that there's a pretty low birth rate in Japan. Uh, They have an aging population. They have very little immigration. So there's been a big trend toward automation. And as a culture, they, they seem to trust in automation and like they're totally comfortable with letting machines take over a lot of uh, parts of the economy, I guess, in a, in a way. Yeah, if you're moving towards a labor shortage, if you can cut a job out and not lose anything, that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, and we talked about how um, in the U.S. people would destroy these things. Japan is super safe. There's very little vandalism or petty crime. So most Japanese vending machines are actually outdoors, and people don't mess with them. Like People accept... You know, this is something that benefits all of society, so why would you mess with it? Yeah, and it's super rare to find a vending machine that's out of order or broken or it's been vandalized. They're pretty much all up and running and in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another, this is, this is a fun fact I thought was interesting. Pretty much anybody can set up a vending machine in Japan. You just pay a couple thousand bucks or so. You kind of apply to a management company to have a vending machine placed somewhere, and then you get a piece of the profits if it does well. That's cool. Yeah. So shall we talk about the history of vending machines a little bit? Yeah. Let's go way back. Oh, you you know me so well, Paul. <laughs> I like to go way back. Let's talk about the earliest recorded vending machine in human history. I like where your head's at. 
So let's go back to 215 BC. To a man named Hero of Alexandria. Is that his name? Yeah. Mm, I didn't have that in my notes. But yeah, this guy, Hero, apparently. How do you spell Hero in, in Egypt? H-E-R-O. Nice. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah. Um, so Hero lived in Alexandria, Egypt, and he invented a holy water dispenser that was placed in a temple there. I mean, just incredible. They could make something like that so long yeah. ago. It was coin operated. Yeah. You stick in a coin and depending on the weight of the coin, it would tip these levers to dispense a certain amount. Of yeah, it would dispense water. until the coin like finished sliding off the lever that it like had depressed. And then the lever would come back up and the water would stop dispensing. Pretty genius. Yeah, very genius. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. So the first vending machine, we're going to skip ahead almost yeah. uh, 2,000 couple, couple years, years or, so. or so. Yeah. So the first vending machine in Japan was made in 1888 by a guy named Tawaraya Koshichi, and it sold tobacco. And actually, he made another machine that still exists today that sells, well, I don't know, it's probably in a museum. I can't imagine that it's like selling things still. But it sold stamps and postcards. Yeah, and I believe that's the oldest surviving uh, vending machine in Japan. Yeah. And this machine used the same sort of concept as something called karakuri dolls. Did you see, Have you seen these, Paul? No. These things are... Amazing. They they made these hundreds of years ago, obviously before 1888. They had these dolls with a super intricate system of pulleys and gears inside them to make them do like really complex motions. I saw this one doll that actually, it was an archer. It had a bow and arrows on its back and it would like reach back, pull out an arrow, put it in the bow, pull it back and shoot an arrow. And it's you know, it's not electronic. It's purely mechanical. It only does yeah, that with okay. gears and stuff. I've seen that. Yeah. It was like based off clock making. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's, that's really cool. So yeah, this machine was based on that same technology. And back in 1888, it was still able to give change and display different prices for different products. Wow. Incredible. I'm impressed with the change piece. That's an advanced little piece of technology if it can calculate what change to give somebody. Yeah. So vending machines became really popular, started exploding in Japan in the 1950s after World War II. Yeah. And the first ones were juice fountains. So you, you pay for a little cup and you fill it from the fountain, 10 yen a cup, about 10 cents. They became super popular. And yeah. vending machines exploded from there. Yeah, so I got some numbers there. So in 1964, there were 240,000 machines. 240,000. Okay. 1970, just six years later, there were a million machines. By 1973, three years later, over 2 million. And by 1984, they were already at 5 million vending machines, which is almost where they are now. Yeah. Five and a half million. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Wow. And uh, in the 1970s, canned coffee was invented, and that became a real popular item in vending machines. So they invented hot vending machines. You don't see those very often in the U.S. You might see the ones where it like drops a cup and fills it with coffee. 
Yeah. Although those aren't even very common, I don't think. Not, not super common. But yeah, so in Japan, they'll have cold machines, hot machines. They'll have ones that can sell both of them. Yep. You'll only see a lot of hot drinks like in the colder months of the year. That would make sense. You use yeah. those to warm your hands too. If your fingers are getting a little numb walking down the street, grab a hot chocolate out of a vending machine and just uh, warm up your hands a little bit before you drink it. Yeah, they tend to change what's in the machines based on what temperature it is outside. Yeah, and it's not even like, you know, a hot section and a cold section. Like, they're not dedicated. There's actually a switch in there that you can flip so that it can sell cold things during the summer. And then in the winter, you can just hit a couple switches. Now you got a couple rows of hot stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pretty cool. So should we talk a bit about what kind of things you can buy in vending machines? Yes, we should. Number one, the most common is going to be drinks. Yeah. You know, I, your soft drinks, juices, coffee, energy drinks, teas, mm-hmm. both hot and cold. Yeah. And if you're going to be buying a drink out of a vending machine in the U.S., it's probably going to be soda. I remember first time I was in Japan was back in my Mountain Dew days. <laughs> I know and those days well. I you found, were serious about Mountain Dew, man. I found like one machine in Shibuya that sold Mountain Dew, and I couldn't find Mountain Dew anywhere else. They had like Coke and stuff, some other places. I went back to that machine like four times, <laughs> grabbing Mountain Dews. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet that was your go-to machine. Just got to stock up on them. It was, it was. Oh, let's just swing by Sh- Shibuya Station on the way home, uh, bro. Like, oh, what do you need another Mountain Dew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're you're not going to find a whole lot of soda in Japanese vending Yeah, machines. you'll find Coke, maybe some Pepsi or something, mm-hmm. but not a, not a ton of options. Yeah, but all sorts of other things. I recommend Picari Sweat. Yeah, it's we mentioned like that a little bit in the food episode. It's energy drink type thing. A yeah. sweet drink. It's, it's good. Yeah, especially in the summer when it gets super hot in Japan, you're going to be sweating a lot. Yes. Picari Sweat can be pretty good. name helpful. turned me off at first because I was like, I don't want to drink sweat. But yeah. you got to think about it more of like, you drink this when you're sweating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, fruity, non-carbonated drinks, too, that I've yeah. seen. I like to get like orange juice in the morning when I'm traveling out of a vending machine. That's mm-hmm. always really nice. Yeah. You'll find a lot of food in vending machines as well, mm-hmm. um, ranging from snacks and candy all the way up to fully prepared meals. Yeah. And actually, I almost... I. I Barely remember seeing any vending machines selling like chips and candy. There's a few, but you will definitely see some selling ice cream. Yeah. I know you took advantage of those a few times. Yeah. Hey, it gets warm, you know, you got to cool yourself down with some ice cream. fresh fruit vending machines. You get bananas and apples and oranges and stuff out of vending machines. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, you know, instant ramen noodles you get out of vending machines. All sorts of different types of foods. Yep. You know, I realized when we were talking about drinks, we didn't mention alcoholic drinks. So alcohol, yes, you can get alcohol out of vending machines and also tobacco. Yeah. And alcohol vending machines aren't as common as they used to be. Right. They used to be all over the place and basically anybody could just roll up and stick some money in there and get some stuff. These days, they have some sort of scanner that scans an ID. So you have to like show that you're of drinking age, which is 20 in Japan. The only place I remember seeing an alcohol vending machine is in uh, one of the hotels I stayed at. 
Yeah, commonly hotels will have them inside. Yeah, so that they and can that be... one didn't check ID or anything, but yeah, it was inside a building that was kind of controlled. Yeah, well, so... they're not going to be renting a room to a 12-year-old kid anyway, so if right. you're in the hotel, you're probably of drinking age. And there's definitely tobacco vending machines too. Mm-hmm. I'm not into tobacco personally, so I didn't really notice. They didn't catch my eye. Yeah. I'm not sure how common they are or I remember seeing are. them around. A lot of people smoke in Japan, so I'm mm-hmm. sure there's places to get cigarettes. Yeah. And you actually do also need a card to prove that you're old enough to buy those for those machines. And that one, you can't just use a normal ID, I guess. You need to get a special card from the Tobacco Institute of Japan. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. This whole thing. There's many other things they sell out of uh, vending machines, too. Should, should we get into the really unusual stuff? Well, you already said fruit and vegetables, right? Though That's pretty unusual yeah. for a vending rice machine. Rice, too. Yeah, like whole big, giant 25-pound bags of rice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get umbrellas out of some vending machines. Yep. Books, smartphones. You can um, get bouquets of flowers if you're on your way <laughs> home and you're like, you know, my significant other has been really nice lately and I think I need to show them some love. Grab a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Okay, so this this is probably one of the weirdest ones I saw. Rhinoceros beetles. Like live, living, living live beetles? Rhinoceros beetles, yes. That's weird. So it does sound very weird. But you, Paul, you, you've heard about how little kids catching beetles yeah. is like a really big thing in Japan. And like I remember as an American kid, I remember having like a little plastic container and I'd, you know, grab some bug. We'd catch butterflies or whatever. Yeah. Get some leaves, stick it in there, watch them until they die because you can't possibly keep them alive. But catching bugs and like raising them is actually a really major pastime in Japan. And a lot of families will consider that like bonding time with their kids. You know, a dad and his son will go out and catch a these giant beetles. If you've ever seen a rhinoceros beetle, look them up. They look pretty cool. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're like the size of your hand. Yeah. Like they're big beetles. Yeah. And it for a lot of kids, that might be like their first pet or their first time taking care of another living thing, you know? Yeah. And you can have them fight your friend's rhinoceros beetle, get them together, see which one's stronger, see which one can flip the <laughs> other one over, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's That's cruel. But I can see why people do it. But yeah, so that kind of explains why... You know, it doesn't sound quite as weird once you know that, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe they don't have time to go out into the woods and catch a rhinoceros beetle and they just want to go pick one up and bring it home to their kid. Be like, hey, let's... It does know, seem kind of funny. Beetle. Like, imagine getting, like, a puppy out of vending. Be like, you put in 20 bucks and, like, a puppy just rolls down and pops out at the bottom. Paul, Paul, did, did you not see that in your research? No, no, they no, have- <laughs> no, please, no, don't tell me. They have puppy and kitten vending machines at pet stores. Paul's shaking his head. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Well, can we, okay, let's move on. I mean, it's not like they're out on the street. I'm pretty sure. If it's at a store already, why don't you just sell them at the store? Why you gotta, why you gotta pop them out of a vending machine? For the same reason they have self-checkout machines at Walmart now. You know? <laughs> I guess. Pay for less labor, I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about some other fun stuff that are not living things. Uh, you can get fortunes. We, we talked about in our Temples and Shrines episode. 
their their fortune telling sort of things often at temples and shrines. Omikuji. Yep. And sometimes there'll be an automated machine doing that. Although I saw that there's some controversy. Some people think that, you know, machines like that don't have a place at a religious place like that. Yeah, sure. You can find a vending machines where you put in some money, a little door pops open, you can stick your phone in there and charge it and it'll like lock it up for you. So if you, you don't want to stand around waiting for your phone to charge, you'll just lock it up in there, go walk around for an hour, come back and it's fully charged. That's creative. Yeah. Pretty smart. In the countryside, out in those rural areas, sometimes you'll see vending machines that farmers can use to sell their stuff, uh, whether it's fruit or vegetables or even eggs. You can find like vending machines selling cartons of eggs, and the farmer probably stocked that machine like that morning or something, you know? Yeah. Pretty convenient. For businessmen, maybe they stayed at a, a capsule hotel, and they got really sweaty, and they need a fresh shirt. Can't wear the same thing to work two days in a row. Yeah. People are be like, what was he up to last night? Yeah, just buy, you can buy like a plain white button-up shirt at yeah. a vending machine. Some even sell underpants too, if you want to get totally fresh. <laughs> nice. You can also get neckties if you want a fresh tie for the next day. Yep. New tie and a new shirt. You look like a new man. No one will know you slept uh, at the station or <laughs> in the capsule hotel last night. Mm-hmm. Business cards are big in Japan. Oh, Everybody's yeah. got to be ready at a moment's notice to hand over a business card. So there are vending machines where you can go design a business card and have them just spit out a stack of them to you. That's interesting. Yeah. You can get surgical masks. What, what do people use those for in Japan? You wear those either to prevent yourself from getting sick or when you feel you are getting sick to prevent giving it to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the polite thing to do if you're sick. If you're yeah, coughing, if you're walking around coughing, put a mask on. Yeah. I've also heard that women can get those to, uh, like, if they're not wearing makeup <laughs> or they don't want to wear makeup or they're just running to the store. Ah, uh, screw something. it. I'll just put a mask on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Maybe get some of those giant sunglasses and then nobody sees your face at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can get soup. Have you ever gotten soup out of a vending machine? No, I don't think so. And it's not like, I'm not talking about like a specialized soup vending machine. You can get these in the same vending machines where you can get drinks. They'll just be in little cans, like just like the coffee cans. I had some miso soup from a vending machine one time. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. I had some creamed corn soup. I'm not really into creamed corn, but I just had to get it because it seemed interesting. I didn't drink <laughs> most of it. That seems like more a uh, Midwest American thing than... Uh... <laughs> That a Japanese thing. Yeah. You can get tickets for food. Yeah. We, I think we talked about this in the food episode a bit, how a lot of places, maybe it's a, a food stand on the side of the road, or s you'll even see it in restaurants sometimes where you just buy a little ticket that has you know what you want on there. You just hand that over to the cook, and they give you whatever it was, it was on your ticket. Yep. So basically... You can buy pretty much anything in Japan. And it might seem weird coming from the U.S. Like, what? why can't they just sell, you know, soda and candy and chips like we do? But if you think of vending machines as just machines that sell things, why not use machines to sell anything you possibly can? Yeah, you know? people will buy it, make a machine for it. Yeah. Make money. Yeah, just makes that's, sense. That's how it works. So, how do these vending machines work? All sorts of crazy machinery in there. 
Is that what you mean? <laughs> How do you get them to work? Okay, well, you use coins, like we mentioned. Well, you can use coins or bills. So you can put in 100 yen coins, 500 yen coins, 10 yen coins. The 1 yen and 5 yen coins are not going to work. They don't want those. They're too small. No one wants those. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> those are the ones that you donate at the uh, temples and shrines. Yeah, Just throw yeah. that into the box. A there. lot of the machines take uh, 1,000 yen bills. Yeah, and usually well. that's the only size bill they'll take. But that, I mean, 1,000 yen is a decent size bill to be yeah. taking in a vending like machine. Like a $10, $10 bill. And they'll spit out coins as change. Um, a lot of the newer ones, especially near train stations, take IC cards now too. Yeah. So if you have a Suica for the trains or any of the other IC cards for the other regions of Japan, you can usually use those at yeah. vending machines. So that sounds super convenient to me. Mm -hmm. Instead of like fumbling around with coins all day, like just put a bunch of money on your train card and buy whatever you need. Totally. So the most common machines, as we said, are for drinks. And most of those drinks are going to be between 100 and 150 yen. Yeah. So like pretty reasonably dollar, priced. Dollar, dollar and a half. Like yeah. pretty good for vending machine price. Yeah. Some of the smaller cans will be even cheaper than that. I think I've seen ones for like 80. Yeah. Not everything's yen. like America where you're going to get like a 20 ounce, 24 ounce. Like you'll get eight ounces, 12 ounces, stuff like that. Yeah. That type yeah, that can definitely be varying sizes. Those Mountain Dews that you were buying in Shibuya were those the normal 12 ounce cans you see here? I think they were cans. Yeah. Because like 12 ounce cans. I'm pretty sure I saw like little stubby cans. Of Mountain Dew there too. Yeah, I like, definitely got some Coke ones that were smaller. Some of them were even in bottles, but like small bottles, like 10 ounce bottles or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's one other type of vending machine that I think we should mention because it's kind of famous. What what type of vending machine is that, Paul? It's the Gachapone machine. Oh, yes, of course, the Gachapone. Those are kind of their own category. Yeah. So it gets the name from the sounds that the machine actually makes. Mm -hmm. The gotcha is the sound it supposedly makes when you turn the handle after putting your coin in. Yeah. Well, think about like in the U.S., you'll see these types of machines at grocery stores or whatever. You stick in a couple quarters and you turn that crank and the sound of that crank, it's a very like mechanical uh, gear sort of sound. So like the gotcha, gotcha, as you turn that thing. Yeah. And then what's the pwn part? That is when the toy capsule hits the tray at the bottom. Yeah. Makes a little pwn. Exactly. So gotcha pwn. Gotcha. Pwn. Is when the little little capsule hits the bottom and, and it rolls these... out into your anticipatory hand. <laughs> and these are basically toy vending machines or figurines type of thing is usually what's in them. Yeah, they're really getting creative with what they'll sell in there. You can get little bandanas for your cat or your dog <laughs> in there, all sorts of things. But yeah, most of them are going to be little figurines, little toys. And what's cool is you'll find things that look like too big to fit in a little capsule like that, but they'll break them apart into little pieces so that you can assemble it when you get it and you have like a five-inch tall figurine yeah. that you wouldn't think would fit. And kind of the deal with the gachapone machines is they come in sets. So there'll be like 10 figures or six figures. And when you put your money in the machine and turn the knob, it's random what comes out. It's considered a blind purchase. You don't know which one you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get all 10 of them or all six of them, you might have to try 20 times to get the full set. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like Pokemon. They want you to catch them all. Yeah. So there are stores in like Akihabara and other places where you can resell these things. So you can like get the missing ones you need from your set. And you can get rid of the duplicates that you picked up when you were trying to get that yeah. perfect one. And they're the not machine. like the cheap toys you get in an American machine, maybe. They're like high quality plastic, well painted with good details. They're actually like nice looking stuff out of them. Yeah, it's really impressive how high quality they look and they still keep the price really low. They're usually 100 to, they can be up to like 500 yen, I think I've seen. Yeah, like 100 to 500 yen, yeah. depending on the complexity and size. Yeah, And um, a lot of it is characters from popular entertainment, either Western or Japanese. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I said they're like Pokemon, got to catch them all. There are definitely a whole lot of Pokemon Gachapon that you can yeah, get if you yeah. want to actually try to collect those ones. And uh, as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at all the little Gachapon you've got. Yeah, I brought back a few from my from my travels. I like the dogs. You got a couple yeah. cute Shibas. Yeah, I love Shiba Inus. They're a Japanese breed of dog. Very cute. I got a Pikachu over there. I got a Kirby. Got a sushi girl. Yeah, there's a, uh, a sushi with... <laughs> A girl like sitting in a bath of salmon eggs, basically. <laughs> Hard to describe, but it, lo it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. They have such an insanely huge variety. Animals really, inside of food items has got kind of common yeah, lately. Unusual stuff. So there's lots of cool things. There'll be whole stores where you walk in a little store and it's just like a hundred gachapone machines. Yeah, there's and one. And that's in, it. That's one, the store. Yeah. There'll be like a change machine so you can get change and then they just sell... They just vend gachapon. You'll often find 20 to 100 machines like all together, all selling different collections, different things. Yeah. I'm like a little kid in a candy store when I come across those. I don't, I don't know. There's just something about them, man. It's fun. You don't know what you're going to get. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's just like a cool experience. Yeah, definitely. They're popular among all age groups I heard in Japan, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The different collections of things in there appeal to different people. Yep. So, uh, you got any fun facts about vending machines oh, in Japan? Paul. Oh, Paul, you know I do. <laughs> I'm all about those fun facts. Some machines have something called free vend. Now, what's that? It means you get stuff for free. All right, I like free stuff. Yeah, but they don't just turn them on randomly. This is a, a feature for in case of emergencies or mm -hmm. natural disasters. If there's a, an earthquake and you know power is out. Or water gets cut off. Yeah. The vending machines might give out free drinks, make sure that everybody's going to be okay until, you know, the emergency services can show up. They'll also sometimes have an electronic bulletin board to display info about maybe like a shelter that they want people to gather at or something like that. And the machines programmed for this have batteries in them so that they can run if the power's down during an emergency. Mm -hmm. uh, since 2005, all vending machines also have a sticker with their address on them so that if a crime happens and you need to call the police and tell them where you are. You can tell at a glance where you are. Just That's by pretty at cool. The vending machine. That's pretty cool. Addresses are sometimes you're not sure what the address is in Japan, even walking down a street. Addresses in Japan are so confusing. So man. it's actually cool having one to, I'll, I'll have to take advantage of that next time I'm in Japan. Yeah, I'm going to look for those because I didn't notice that. It's probably not every machine, but I'm sure in some cities. Well, from my research, I, I might have taken wrong notes, but I'm pretty sure I read that since 2005, all vending machines have that. Okay, cool. Sold yeah. the new ones. In Osaka, 
they have implemented a system of cameras in vending machines. <laughs> this might be kind of controversial, but the idea is to watch over citizens for their safety. Oh, I saw cameras in machines for a different reason. What's that? It will guess your age and gender mm. based upon how you look, and then it will recommend drinks to you based upon your age, your gender, the time of day, and the temperature outside. Yeah, I've seen It'll that too. It'll say, oh, you should, here's the three we recommend for you. Yeah. But that helps distract people from even, the privacy concerns. Even that makes me like sketched out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want every machine recording me as I walked by. That seems a little weird. Yeah. These devices also apparently can somehow detect if something, if an irregularity occurs. I'm not sure exactly how this happens, but they have a direct contact to like the nearest police box. Interesting. We should talk about what police boxes are. You don't see those in the U.S. Right, yeah. It's uh, generally in bigger cities. Instead of a whole station, they'll put a police box in like a busy trafficked area. And there'll always be like a police officer or two manning the box. Yeah. So if you have concerns or whatever, you know where to find a police officer. Right. There's kind of a wider police presence. They're yeah. easy to find in the city. So yeah, if... I'm guessing it's like if somebody tries to mess with the machine, I'm not sure how the camera would detect if like something illegal was happening in front of the machine. I don't I don't All I read is that they can detect if irregularities occur and then they will contact the nearest police box automatically so they can come check it out. Okay. Yeah. There are talking vending machines now that will welcome you. Thank you for your purchase. Oh, that's nice of them. They speak English and Japanese. So that's kind of cool. You can skip interaction with an actual human, but still get like an hello and a thank you. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. That's kinda fun. Makes people feel good. Yeah, robots are usually more polite than. Yeah, and it's like a really, it's like a really upbeat, happy voice. <laughs> I'm you sure. Know? Like, they thank never... you so much for your purchase. I bet. And they never get tired. Yeah. They never have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so vending machines have gotten super efficient in recent years. For a long time, vending machines are just always cooling. You know, they're, they're constantly running refrigerators, basically. But somewhat recent invention is something called zone cooling. So it's, it's not cooling all the time. But when you buy something, it can super cool that one item really quickly and spit it out to you. And that apparently takes a lot less energy than keeping things cold all the time. Nice. Yep. I also saw for energy efficiency... All those machines that do hot drinks and cold drinks now, they take the exhaust from the air conditioner that's keeping the drinks cold and use that heated exhaust to warm the hot drinks. It's really smart. Yeah, so it's uh, it's as efficient as you could be. Yeah, pretty cool. Also, for energy efficiency, a lot of vending machines have solar panels on them now. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, so they can store energy during the day to light up the LEDs at night. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't mention. As the lights go down, all these machines basically light up. Mm -hmm. And since they're all outside, it's part of what gives Japan that like fluorescent glow or like the nighttime cyberpunk look you kind of get in Japanese cities. Yeah. A lot of that's coming from these lit up machines, the soft glow of the vending machines yeah. every corner you turn. It is kind of comforting having makes all these it, little robots watching over you, right? Makes it easy to find them too. Yeah. But I also read that these days, since that's kind of wasteful, if they don't have solar panels, 
a lot of vending machines will turn off the lights until like there's a motion sensor. So once you walk yeah. past it, they light up. I saw that too. So the newer ones, that's, that's so cool. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just constantly innovating, you know, these vending machines get more and more high tech. It's a competitive industry and they're competing really intensely with the Colminis, the convenience stores mm-hmm. these days too. Yeah. As a lot of those are open 24 hours now. So before we could only go to a vending machine, now you've got the option of going to Kabini yeah. and maybe having more options of what you want. Yeah. Paul, have you ever heard of a Japanese vending machine stealing your money? No. And here we are sitting in the U.S. at my work. I can't tell you how many times a vending machine there has either stolen money from someone or failed to spit out the item that was paid for. And they even anticipate it. They have little forms stuck to yeah. the side of it. It's like, if we stole your money, fill I out this gonna, form. I was going to ask you, do they have the little envelopes yeah. there so you can get your money back? Yeah. <laughs> so they know their machines are garbage. <laughs> yeah. And their solution is, let's not make a better machine. And we'll just put some envelopes up, uh, <laughs> maybe give them their money back later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't really seen many changes in vending machines in the U.S. over the last yeah. 30 years. Everyone's <laughs> seen that where like the bag of chips is like hanging there yeah. and just the corners caught and won't fall. Yeah. And you all know you got to buy another bag of chips and hope they both fall. Yeah. It's frustrating. That's why they put those cages around the ones here because you, <laughs> if you don't want to be stolen from, you have to shake those things to get your item to fall out. I've heard a lot of people actually die from uh, shaking vending machines yeah. and then the machine falls on you and I've it's really that. heavy and you're pinned to the ground. So don't, even if you're mad, don't be dumb. <laughs> don't shake the vending machine. Yeah. Either buy one more or just eat that dollar. <laughs> just eat the dollar and walk away with your life. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've bashed the U.S. a bunch <laughs> about how much better Japan is. Uh, well, we got 24-hour Walmarts here, so, uh, you know, we're that, set. That's a good thing? No, I don't know. <laughs> not really. <laughs> There's places we can go to get drinks, but it's not quite as convenient. Yeah. Well. Got anything yeah, else for well, us, Jason? That, that's it for me. All right, well. What do we talk about next week? Oh, I oh, this is new. I'm playing Paul's part this week. Next time, we'll be talking about the Japanese language. By the end of that episode, you're going to be fluent. <laughs> Big promises. <laughs> I'm kidding. It'll take you a while to become fluent. And we're not even going to really talk about specific Japanese words. We're more just going to talk about how the language is different from a pretty much any other language in the world, how it evolved over time, and a lot of fun facts. It's set up in a pretty interesting way. I, I think that'll be a fun yeah. one. It's certainly certainly a unique language, so there's oh. a lot to learn about it that might be surprising. Yep. So stay hydrated. Thanks for joining us. Yep. And where can you find us online, Jason? Oh, you can find our website at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. It also has links to our social media. Instagram is a... Uh, cool place don't miss our instagram yeah jason's got a lot of cool pics on there i like to think so (laughs) well thanks for listening and we'll see you next time